Hey, good morning. How we doing? It's good to see you. Uh, let's stand together. Good morning to those that are joining us online. Uh, let's just enter into worship together. Oh 
in your heart. Tell him what he's worth to you. Lift up his value. Honor him for who he is and what he's done.
Praise a firm foundation, a rock for our lives. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. What a way to start Sunday, huh? Just to be in the presence of God. So if this is your first time with us, uh, we want to connect with you. And there will be a number on your screen as well as online that will show up on your screen there. You can take your phone out now. We want you to text the word welcome. And here over the next few weeks, someone on our team will contact you just to get to know you a little bit better. Uh, we just want to do that. So uh, seriously, take out your phone right now if you're new and just begin to type that in. Send it over to us. You're not going to offend me. Uh, I would be so happy that you would do that uh, and, uh, and connect with us in that way. There are uh, three big things coming up here at the church that you you probably want to be aware of. The first is the Daddy-Daughter Dino Night. And this is going to be sort of a spin-off of our Daddy-Daughter Date Nights that we've had uh, over the last several years. Uh, this is going to be a drive-through version of that. And so what you're going to do on that night, you're going to gather up your daughter, or if you're a father figure in a, in a young girl's life, bring her along. And uh, you're going to come through a drive-through here. There will be some people waiting for you that will give you a grab bag as well as some dino fun. 
some dino fun. Uh, I don't know what it is. I have no idea, but it's boxed up in Sean's office right now, so it looks pretty fun. Uh, but uh, you're going to come through, you're going to pick that up, and you're going to head out uh, with your daughter to have a great evening, whatever you plan, whether it's going out to eat or if you have a young one, going to play somewhere. Uh, so plan to come in. It's, it's Friday, November 20th. You're going to want to swing by, pick up that fun stuff that will help lead and guide your night uh, and join us for that. Uh, to sign up for that, you can go out to the orange wall out there, our connections table, or go online at thefreshwater.church. Okay. Uh, another thing that's going on is our Operation Christmas Child. And uh, this is an incredible ministry that, that takes Christmas boxes filled with goodies all over the world. And, and as it does it, it also takes the gospel and the, the good news about Christ. And so what we do is we take boxes from here. You would find them out in the lobby. You'll take them home. You'll go shopping for some of the items to, to fill the boxes. And then you pack them and you bring them back. We need them back on November 22nd. So you have a little bit of time here to get that packed up, get it ready, and bring it back. Now, some of you may be a little bit concerned. You're like, I don't really want to go shopping for that stuff. You may have some, have some reservations. So here's what you can do. There's also a way to pack online. And so if you go to our website, thefreshwater.church, you can look on there, find information about how to pack a box online uh, and, and join in that ministry as well. So if you pack that, bring it back on November 22nd, and uh, that'll be awesome just to bless them around the world, small children around the world, uh, and also share the gospel. Last thing that we want to cover for the announcements is you might have noticed that there's a Christmas tree sitting right out those doors, uh, and some of you might have been like, it's not even Thanksgiving yet. What are they doing? Well, have no fear. Uh, it is actually a ministry going on over the next three weeks. APS and FISH, which are ministries that we support as a church, are doing an angel tree type uh, of ministry for this Christmas. So if you go out there on, those, on the tree, there are tags that you can take, and it actually represents um, a, a family or a child that is in need this Christmas. And so you take that home, you buy a gift card. This year we're doing gift cards. Those that have done it in the past, um, you've brought back gifts and other things. This year, just because of um, some of the COVID stuff, we're just doing gift cards. So you'll buy that, you'll bring it back by November 29th, I think is our date for that. And uh, you'll, you'll turn it in that, that week. So you're gonna have three weeks that the tree is up, but my experience here is that those go really quickly. So if you want to be involved in that, I would encourage you today as you're headed out just to grab one or two or three or four or five or six, and I'll stop there. Uh, but grab them and we'll bless uh, some people in our community who are in need this Christmas season. So during our services, one of the things that we try to do each week is pray for an international worker that we support or a missions agency or, or organization that we support. And, and today it's very local. It's the Garage Ministry in Wadsworth. And the Garage, is, is, it's a really cool ministry that, that connects with and serves uh, at-risk teens and youth that are in our community. It's such a vital ministry here in Wadsworth. And so there are five things on the screen that you'll see. We're going to pray for some of those. If you want, pull out your phone. Oh, there's four things. I can't count. Uh, snap a picture of that, take it home this week, and pray for them as well. So let's take some time, pray for them, and uh, lift them up to Christ. Father, we submit to you and your will, and we submit to your leading by your Spirit. We come to you just pleading with you for your children, Lord, at the garage, those that are, are coming through that ministry, Lord, that are struggling with anxiety and depression, suicidal thoughts, Lord. Christ, would you meet them this morning?
even if they're not in a place like this, even if they're in their homes or somewhere else, even if they're in the middle of temptation or they're in the middle of sin, Christ, would you by your Holy Spirit meet them, begin to draw them, begin to woo them, begin to lead them, Lord, that they would see your love, that they would see your kindness, that they would see your grace for them that you would heal their mind, God, that you would work in their mind, that you would work in their heart, begin to mend the broken places. God, would you help them? We pray for the workers at the garage as they encounter students that come through who are hurting, Lord. Christ, would you put yourself on those volunteers and workers? Would you put your love, would you put your care, would you put your kindness on them? Would their face just shine with you? Would their spirit ooze with you? And would you use them in that space, Lord? God, I love it because in the darkest places, you light it up. You make just beauty in, in, the, in the most hard ground. And so God, would you do that there? Would you work through them in that space and begin to heal? Would we hear testimonies of how you are at work, how your Holy Spirit is going forth? And would you transform those homes? Would you transform those teens, God? Only you can do that. Only you are able. God, we pray for unity as, as the garage joins in with the schools and joins in with churches. Give them unity of spirit under your name, Jesus. Give them unity and give them a power, Lord, unity of power that your Holy Spirit would work through each of them. And we submit to you, God. We know that you're so good. We know that you're always available, that you're always near. We rest in you this morning. Guide us in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, Jake. Good morning, my name's Scott. Uh, I'm also on staff here. And um, I, I gotta say one thing here, we've had some questions about masks, just a real housekeeping, quick housekeeping thing. Do we wear masks all the time inside? and? And services and uh, yeah the leadership we're asking everybody wear these things while you're inside and and I, I have to confess I mean part of me you probably have seen me um, not wear these things inside and because um, I hate them and so there's a piece of this like uh, I've been inconsistent and I'm sorry about that so uh, one day we won't wear these things but um, if we could all do that, that would be great. Uh, moving on, um, I invite you to turn to Acts chapter 10. We're, we're in a series, if you're in here or online, we're in a series talking about our mission, our vision, and, and now we're going to move into our values, the four values uh, of our church that uh, the leadership, we just uh, have felt the, the, that the Lord has led us towards. Um, and values have to do with culture. Like, what's the culture when you come in? Like, this is, yeah, this is how I describe it, what's going on. And uh, before we do that, um, I don't know, how many of you ever as a child um, started your own club? Like, out of your house. Like, raise your hand. Whoever started the club, right? Proud. Like, raise them proud, all right? Whoever put up the sign, members only. Did anybody do that? Like, and hung it on your door, right? Yeah. So I remember... I was, uh, this was in Kansas, and um, we had an old chicken coop, no more chickens in it, I don't know what happened, or, or maybe it was just a season, but I remember cleaning up the chicken coop, 
and we set up club. I set up my first club there, and it was with a friend, I think, Scott Brummer. So we were like best friends, Scott and Scott Brummer. He had the B, BR, so we always stood in line together. It was the best. Like, he was my best friend. And uh, we started, I think it was him and I. I don't know if he's listening. He may, I, I doubt he's listening, but uh, I, I, I just have that picture. I think it was him, another friend or something like that. And the first order of business is who belongs to the club. And at that age, girls not allowed out. No girls allowed, only guys, only dudes. Um, and it was so fun to put up the sign, members only, right? Like, I don't know what it is about that, that that was just one of the best feelings ever. And I just remember sitting there. I mean, the irony of it now as an adult, but I just remember sitting there in that chicken coop looking around going, the possibilities are endless. I don't know what that is inside of us of either belong, wanting to belong to something or having that horrible feeling of not belonging um, to a club, to whatever the group is. And, and I want to talk about this because it's still a thing, right? It, it still goes on, and there's something that happens in the church where there's people that feel like they're in, and there's people that feel like they're not in. People that feel like they belong, and people that feel like they don't belong. And we've been covering this story where after Jesus' resurrection, he spends, you know, a, a number of days here on the earth giving the final things, and we hear that last command he gives, like, hey, I want you to go and be witnesses. I want you to go and make disciples, but wait for the Holy Spirit and the power that's going to come. And then we read about that in Acts chapter 2 when the Holy Spirit came and filled people and power and all this, and the church started, right? God started this new club. It was the club of people who believe in him and follow him, and, and, and that's where it started. The Holy Spirit came to dwell in them, this, this whole new group of people, Christ followers filled with the Spirit. But as you read through Acts, you're, you're, you get to this certain point, chapter 10, where all of a sudden you realize, wait a minute, some people don't have it. Like, they're not part of the club they believe but they're not in the club and and so what happens in acts is this story of someone who's not part of the club and i want to read this acts chapter 10 verses 1 through 8 and it says this at caesarea there was a man named cornelius a centurion of what was known as the italian cohort a devout man who feared god with all his household gave alms generously to the poor and prayed continually to god about the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God come in and say to him, Cornelius. And he stared at him in utter terror, or in terror, and said, What is it, Lord? And he said to him, Your prayers and your alms have ascended as a memorial before God. Now send men to Joppa and bring one Simon, who's called Peter. He's lodging with one Simon. So you have Simon and Simon, little 80s reference there. A tanner whose house is by the sea. When the angel who spoke to him had departed, he called two of his servants and a devout soldier from among those who attended them, and having related everything to them, he sent them on to Joppa to get this guy, Simon, who was called Peter. I'm stop right there. Um, so here, here's the thing. There's a group of people, this club that's been around a really long time, according to biblical history, called Jews, Right? Anybody who is not a Jew coming from the birth line, right? You have to have a genealogical, genealogical connection to the line, 
right? The 12 tribes of Israel, those are Jews. Anybody who's not genealogically connected is called a Gentile. And you're thinking probably right now, if this is new to you here or online, like, well, that means the entire world would be Gentiles. Exactly. You've got it. The Jews are in. Everybody is outside the club at that point. Yet this guy's worshiping God. But the, the problem with this, as you read the story, it's not only that he's a Gentile, he's Italian. I mean, he's not a Jew at all. And he's also part of the Roman military, right? He's a centurion. So he's part of the guys that are coming in and taking over Israel. Really outside the club. Not welcome. Members only. Don't come in. And yet we find that this guy is a devout man who feared God with all his household, and you see that. Prayed continually to God. So this guy still believes in God, is worshiping God. But he's never going to be part of the club if you were a Jew during that time. He just wasn't going to be part of that club. And as the story goes... God comes to Peter, and Peter, who understands the law, is a Jew, is, is living by the law, and God had given all these laws about you will not eat this kind of animal and this kind of animal, and you can go back and read in Leviticus, and you can read in Deuteronomy about all of the laws uh, that have to do with food and what you eat and animals and touch and don't touch and all that, and spiritually unclean. So the Jews had this practice. If you touch that, then you're out. You've got to go get spiritually cleaned and then come back in, right? So Peter gets this vision... And the vision is of all these animals on this carpet that comes down from heaven, and God says, eat. And Peter's like, no, I can't do that. Can't do that. You told me not to do that. Three times, eat it. No, eat it. No, eat it. No. Vision gets done, and God's doing a new thing. But it says here in verse uh, 17, Peter was inwardly perplexed. Like, what in the world was that about? I have no idea. God's been telling me all along, his law is really clear, don't do this, and now I'm getting a vision that says, do do this. And in that moment, as soon as, as the story goes, these guys, three guys come from Cornelius, and they say, hey, Cornelius had a vision. He said that God told us to tell you that God is wanting you to come to us to tell us about Jesus and, and what's going on. And Peter goes, uh-huh. Who are you? Roman? Oh, Italian? Oh, oh, right? And so the wheels click, and so journey happens. They get over there. Peter arrives, and, and the whole household is there. And Cornelius says, four days ago, in verse 30, I was praying in my house at the ninth hour, and behold, a man stood before me. So he tells the whole vision thing, as your prayer has been heard, and your alms have been remembered before the God, before God Send to Joppa, ask for Simon, who's called Peter. So I sent for you at once. You've been kind enough to come. Here we are. Tell us what you know. So Peter's like, oh, man, I, and, and he draws a conclusion. He's like, oh, this is about partiality. God shows no partiality. He's like, no way. Well, I just had this vision. And, and so they start doing these God stories. They stop swap, start swapping God stories. Well, that was crazy because when I was having this vision, and then when it got done, and you guys came, and whoa, and wow. And, and he says, well, let me just tell you what I got. It's all about Jesus. He starts to talk about Jesus, and Holy Spirit goes, time out. Get out of the way, Peter. I got stuff to do. I don't need you, Sparky. We got this thing going. And what happens here in verse 44 is why Peter was still saying these things, the Holy Spirit interrupted him, right? The Holy Spirit just stopped 
Peter and said, get off to the side. And he fell on all who heard the word. And the believers from among the circumcised, so now we got this word circumcised is another word for those who are Jews, those who are in the club. So Peter brought along about six guys, and you can read that in chapter 11. He brought six guys along with him. And so those circumcised, those Jews, those ones that were in the club were there watching it. And they're like, what? Because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on the Gentiles. He couldn't believe it. For they were hearing them speak in tongues and extolling God. Then Peter declared, Can anyone withhold water for baptizing these people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus. And they asked him to remain for several days or some days. So the Holy Spirit comes, falls on these people, and all of a sudden they're brought into this new club called the church. And all of a sudden, the whole parameters of who belongs and who gets what and who's in changes fundamentally changes for the entire world and God did a specific thing where he brought in witnesses he brought in these guys as I want you all to see this and I want you to be able to go back and say it's a bigger club than what we thought like it's anybody can have this this is so cool so here's the thing why do I tell that story our vision statement, we have four values, not in priority, so I'm just taking the first one that's, that we got there. It's Holy Spirit-led. Our value as a church, the culture of our church, is, is we're Spirit-led. We seek and submit to the continuing ministry of, of the Holy Spirit. So everyone... In our culture, as we, as we try to move and live out this life that Christ has called us to, everyone gets the Spirit. Everyone. And what I've seen over the years is too many people come through the doors and they don't think they're invited into that club. They, they've gotten to the Jesus club, but they don't get into the Holy Spirit club. They don't get into the presence of God club. Like, they don't deserve that whatever the reason. And God takes time and gives a concerted amount of space to this idea that everyone, without partiality, gets the Spirit. Anyone who follows Jesus. It doesn't matter age. If you think age is a restriction, it's a lie. If your family background disqualifies you, that's a lie. If, if you think what you have done in your past is going to disqualify you, that's a lie. Only the professional Christians get the Holy Spirit, that's a lie. Only the Christians who are better, whatever that means, lie. It's a lie. All of those are lies. Everyone gets the Holy Spirit equally. All receive the Holy Spirit completely. Everybody gets to play. What does that mean, necessarily? Well, as you read the New Testament, this idea of the Spirit dwelling in us, living in us, that you and I get them, is, is phrased in multiple different ways. It's talked about in this idea of being filled with the Spirit, Ephesians chapter 5, where Paul says, don't be drunk with wine, don't be under the influence of wine and alcohol, but be under the influence, be, under, be drunk, as it were, under the influence of the Holy Spirit, filled up. 
There's actually a thing as someone who was full of the Spirit. Acts says it five different times. That person was full of the Spirit. 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 Where you're sitting right now, you could be full of the Spirit. Paul wrote in Romans and Galatians, and this is the idea that we could be led by the Spirit. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, there's this idea that the Holy Spirit comes and gives spiritual gifts to build up the church family where the kingdom of God comes and, and moves through you to minister to the body. That's part of being led by the Spirit. Acts, or Galatians chapter 5 talks about the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. I think I got them all. Um, and self-control. It's the essence of who God is, and, and we're, all, we're all in this place, if you follow Christ, where you get the full presence of God in all of these things, of who he is, the essence of him, in us, expressed through us, pouring through us. And, and we've already talked about the power of the presence of God, right? Wait for the spirit and the power. The word we use is dynamite, right? It's that, that's the dunamis. That's the Greek word. Dunamis, we get dynamite for it. So literally wait for the explosive power of the Holy Spirit. And then read through Acts. Romans talks about this. Corinthians talks about this. The power, the signs, the wonders by the presence of the Holy Spirit in us. All of those things. And, and J.I. Packer writes about, the, about this idea of the, this, this presence of God, the Holy Spirit in us, in every one, without partiality. He says this. There's no mistaking the thrust of this, talking about all that. He says, what we're being told is that supernatural living through supernatural power is at the very heart of the New Testament Christianity. And, and there's times over the years where I, I know we have, I have stopped and talked with people and just in the years of ministry i've had so many people say that well i don't know how to do that well that's not for me well how do you and i'm telling you it's for everyone everyone gets to play there's times where we pray and it's the brand new believer who's over here hearing from god being used from by god in the middle of this I would say sacred moment where somebody is desperate and needing God to intervene and it, God uses them. And they, they hardly know anything about the word, but they know they love Jesus. All, all you need is to love Jesus and you get to play. You get the Holy Spirit. Let me pull back to the value again because it says this, right? It says spirit-led. We seek to and submit to the continuing ministry of the Holy Spirit. So we've talked about this ministry, the continuing ministry of the Holy Spirit. I want to come back to this idea of seek and submit. And I think it was Jeff jo Doringer, somebody after the first service uh, told me who said it, because I, I could not remember. Um, Jeff Doringer, who came here and was, uh, he's one of the pastors in our district, just said this phrase that has forever just kind of like gripped me. Um, we have as much of the Holy Spirit as we want. Think about that. So the Holy Spirit lives in us, right? Dwells in us, right? In total. But we have as much of the Holy Spirit as we want. It's predicated. God simply uses, works through how much 
we desire or how little we desire him. So, how much of the Holy Spirit do you have? How much do you really want? It's not just that we believe in the Holy Spirit and that he dwells in us. It's that we desire this. And I'm trying to give space as I pause for you to think and to hear from the Spirit. That's why we put those two words in there, seek and submit. And the idea of seeking is obviously going after him. And, and this story about partiality here, right, in Acts, it seems like it's really God making this major statement about, look, everybody gets in, but there's a story in here. There's a story about a guy who seeks the Lord, who seeks the Lord with all his heart. He seeks the Lord so much, he's not even part of the, the club, as it were, but he worships God. And, and that's a whole story in itself because the way God had set this whole thing up is the Jews were supposed to be the blessing to the world and the Jews went like this and said, no, we're not letting anybody in. And God's like, ah, forget it. Get out of the pool. I'm going to take over, right? And he pulls in the Gentiles. But here's this Gentile Cornelius who's worshiping God. I want God. I want God. And God sends this vision and said, I hear you. I hear you. I'm going to answer your prayer. Hang on. And what you see then at the end of chapter 10 is a man who has desired the Holy Spirit gets, gets God, gets the presence of the Lord, the Spirit in his whole family. Do you seek him like that? I just finished watching a, a video um, or a documentary called The Social Dilemma. I don't know if anybody watched that thing. Um, that'll get you off your devices really quick. Um, what they do is they interview all of these vice presidents, presidents, CEOs, programmers. Um, I, I don't know, everybody and, and anybody that's part of what you call Silicon Valley. So it's execs from Facebook and Snapchat and Google and Apple and you name them all, right? Twitter. And, and they talk about how they, they started with this idea and, and now they're profoundly concerned with what it's become. Because at the end of the day, this is the powerful line. If you're not buying a product, if there's no product apparent in whatever you're using, you're the product. Think about that. You're the product. And so with that in mind, they have developed they've developed basically the programs, the algorithms, so that you never leave and you never quit because you're the product and they have to keep you connected. And you talk to, you just watch this thing and you get done, you're like, oh my goodness, I'm getting off my phone. This is crazy. Because these are the execs and, and this is just, it's nuts. One of the guys I think he was the uh, CEO of Facebook, or former CEO of Facebook, or pretty high up. Um, he said, I would come home. He says, we did so good. He says, I just realized this is, this is it, it's former, it's ex-executive, right? He says, I would go home, and he said, I would literally be on my phone looking at Facebook, at the thing, and, and it wasn't because I was doing research. He says, I was addicted. 
his eye just constantly flipping the thing. He says, I would hide in my pantry and flip it. And he's hiding in his pantry because he doesn't want his wife to see how much he just wants to be with his phone rather than with his family. Like, that's so messed up because he can't get enough. He can't get enough. He can't get enough. See, we know what it means to seek the Lord. We know what it means to seek, right? We know what that means. We know how that feels. Like, you want something, you will do anything for it. Even hide in the pantry. Seek the Lord. That's half of it. The other half is submit. The idea of submission is this. It's the Romans 12. Present yourselves to God. Surrender yourselves. Come before him and say, I'm yours. And it's in those moments where the Holy Spirit starts to cut away things and prune things or start to challenge you and say, why are you doing this and this is a sin pattern or why are you tripped up here or why are you in bondage here or why does this weigh you down? And he starts to right, say, hey, let me take these things away and submission. Only God could call us to walk away from things. Only the stuff that only God could say to us or or tell us to to give up, submission. And in those moments, we all know what those are like, right? We all have those moments where we're like, eh, I don't want to do that. Eh, I'm not going to do that. I don't want to do that. What fresh water, I think we have as a leader and and as a core, so many of us have fought for here is a culture of this. This isn't something we're introducing. This is who we are. So that when you come in on a Sunday morning, on any given Sunday morning, you'll bump into somebody that says, you know, the best day of my life was the day I surrendered. The best day of my life life was that moment when I submitted and gave up and surrendered and transferred over. But the best day of my life, I got to tell you right now, I'm, I'm, after, I'm after God. And you get around these people, and it, it's infectious, right? It, it just takes them along. You, there's no mask that can, can prevent that kind of culture, right, from spreading, It's this spiritual hunger. It's a spiritual drive for more of the Spirit. More of the Spirit. And it's one of these things where it's it's not like, oh, you gotta go to them. You only get to go to them. It's 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 the whole culture. So so you're you have you have the, the spirit and you can pray in the spirit and you can see God do miraculous, the supernatural through you just as much as through me. That that that's what this says. And that's what the stories have been, even with COVID. So many stories have happened without the leadership involved, and that's, that's this. That's everybody gets to play. Everyone gets the spirit. I, I didn't say this first verse. I don't know whether I should. Um, I, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to. Uh, one of my heroes is Bill Bright, and he's the guy who started Campus Crusade. Just he and his wife reaching college students. By the time he's dead 50 years later, he's got over, I don't know, I don't know, 100,000, 300,000 on staff, something like that, 
It's crazy. I, I don't know. It's even more than that. Worldwide, it's this massive organization, Campus Crusade. It's now called Crew. Unbelievable. This guy wanted God and the Spirit. And I think it was at least three times, if not more, he did 40 days of fasting. Now, he was a big dude. He was a really big dude. So he could go 40 days without food. And, um, and he would joke about that. But he had 40 days of fasting, and his, the reason he fasted is he wanted more of the Spirit. And I remember being so challenged by that. Now, I have, I have never fasted beyond three days. And I'm like, can I do 40 days? And I'm like, no. I can't do 40 days. Maybe God will call me to that. But I saw what the Spirit did through Bill Bright's life, this guy who hungered, this guy who sought and submitted to the Spirit. It was unbelievable what God did. This past summer, I, I fasted for seven days. And the number one quest was, I, I want more of you. More of you. And I didn't get any fancy vision. I didn't get any angels coming but I'm telling you, something, something over those weeks and that month, those months afterward was different. Like, it was something like I've never experienced before, and I can't even describe it, only to say that it was the Spirit. And I, it wasn't like Scott, there was a fancier version of Scott Brooks. It was just a deeper connection with the Spirit. How much do you want him? Like, how much? How much do you want him? You're only going to have as much as you want. I invite Jake, if you could come up. We're just going to spend a few moments here. We're just going to create some space for you and the Holy Spirit. Uh, because we all get this. And, and if you're watching and and you're still trying to figure out, like, man, there's so many words that that guy just said that I don't even understand. Um, how about this? If you're, if you're, not, you're not sure where you fall out with Jesus, and you're trying to figure this out, just do this and say, hey, look, I'd like to connect with you, God. Why don't you talk to me? I'm open. And that'll cut through all the other Christian language stuff that you're kind of sitting there going, I have... I don't understand that stuff. That's what we're doing. We're just going to connect with God and hear from God. So let's take a moment here. And we're going to do just that. If you want to close your eyes, you can. I, I don't care. Whatever helps you connect with God. And let me just lead this and, and start this in the beginning. And, and we'll create some space. So maybe some silence. This won't last forever. Um, for those of you who don't like the silent stuff, we'll, we'll, you'll be fine. This, this will be over. You know, it won't go on till tomorrow. So <laughs> let me pray. Uh, Holy Spirit, would you come now? Come into this room. Come to wherever that person is that's watching online in their homes, in their cars. Holy Spirit, come. That's our heart cry. In the name of Christ, all the fear that's been dragged into this room, 
all the anxiety, all the rage, all the anger of what's going on in the culture around us and our nation and all the stuff, it stops right now. And only the Holy Spirit moves. It stops here, it stops wherever people are listening online, watching online. It just stops. And the only thing that moves, the only one that moves right now is the Holy Spirit. Spirit, would you lift off all the fear now? All the anger. All the depression. All the hopelessness, the people that are even thinking suicide, just all that lifts right now, and all that is is you and your presence, your love, your peace, all that you are. Talk to your people. Talk to those who are searching for you. Jesus, these two words, seek and submit, only you have the power and the authority to to tell us, to call us, to invite us into these words of seeking and submitting. Would you start a conversation right now with us on where you see us with these words? Jake's just going to be singing a song. You don't have to sing along unless you want to. It's just singing it over us. Just part of this time with the Holy Spirit. So just keep receiving, keep talking, talking with him. And Holy Spirit, you are welcome Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be overcome by your presence, Lord. invite you to open up your hands if you feel comfortable 
just a sign to receive. Holy Spirit, would you fill each person who has their hands open. Release your presence on them right now. I release your power, more power. More power for the moms who are at home, parents who are working, more power right now. More power for the students. You say, wait for power. Like this kingdom can't go forward with power. Would you pour out more power on people? More power for those who want to quit. More power for those who have so much, so much pain, so much baggage, they don't think they can go on. More power right now. Would you put in people more of a desire to seek you. Like, we, we can't even generate that. Would you put that in us? Holy Spirit, we, Freshwater, long before I got here, was, was a group of people who still believe this, this is what you did and wanted to do. We're nothing without you. This building... Whatever we have here, this property, this campus, Lord, it's just nothing without you. You, we want you. We want your presence on us. We want your presence over us. We want your presence flowing through us. We want everyone, we want our kids filled with the Spirit. We want the culture to be one where the kids walk around going, I have all of the Spirit. I'm full of the Spirit. They can look at each other and go, that person, that student's filled with the Spirit. Fill our students. Fill them. I mean, they face some stuff at school. They get a full dose of the world at school. I, I pray you would fill them. More power. Holy Spirit, in the days ahead, would you sweep us? Sweep us into this holy desire for more of you, a holy desire for a greater submission. A new season.
as we go, Holy Spirit, would you just send us out and just nothing would steal it, nothing would rob what you're doing right now. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Amen. If, if God is working, uh, don't assume that you need to go. You can stay. If you need somebody to pray, we have people that would love to pray for you. Um, may you go in his spirit. We'll see you next week.